The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Thank you very much, uh, Eamon. Across the Atlantic, 2023 has seen mixed fortunes, a tough year for the sitting president, marked by bleak poll numbers and an impeachment inquiry. But the jobs market has a renewed strength, while inflation is on the decline. Donald Trump likewise enjoyed highs and lows, despite facing numerous criminal probes. The former president has seen such strong polling numbers that he didn't bother turning up to the GOP's primary debates. But now, at least one court, that in Colorado, has ruled he's disqualified from running for office because of the insurrection. Now, here to break down these and many other notable events in the USA in 2023 is Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at the University of Galway and columnist with the journal.ie. Larry, good morning. Great to be here with you, Pat. Now, um, Trump, uh, you know, everything focuses on him because he's inflammatory in his speaking. Uh, he seems bent on returning to the, uh, the White House and bent on revenge. Yeah, I mean, indeed, he has said on his first day he's going to be something of a dictator, I think taking out his aggression on uh, the deep state, as he would call it, and his opponents within the government, uh, and also, I think, on the wall. He said then he will revert to uh, democracy, I guess. But certainly he sucks all the oxygen out of just about everything, and I think that's one of the reasons among many why he re- you know, retains such high-level support is you, you know, not a day goes by where he doesn't dominate the headlines. Now, can you explain why he can persuade, you know, the old line about fooling all of the people all of the time? He's fooling a hell of a lot of Republicans a hell of a lot of the time. I, I'm not I'm not sure he's fooling an awful lot of them. I, I think that an awful lot of conservatives, and, and this was obviously a big year for Tucker Carlson, uh, the conservative movement has drifted to a very, very different place. Uh, conservatives used to have be sunny in disposition. America's best days are ahead of it. Uh, you know, America has a role to play in the world stage. Immigration is by and large a good thing. Uh, at some stage in the, the latter half of the last century, things started to change and change rapidly. And Donald Trump grasped that well back in the day. And even if what he says is unrealistic at many levels, for many conservatives, Donald Trump grasps how they feel. In particular, they don't like the country that they see every day. They don't like it anymore for a whole host of reasons. And they want ter- to turn the clock the, the clock back to a different, simpler time in America. And that it, can't happen. It can't happen. But Donald Trump strikes a very deep chord with them when he says that. And I would also argue um, that a lot of the people, you know, who go to rallies and everything else, uh, I think a lot, an awful lot of what they hear on the stage, they know that the mines aren't coming back. A lot, a lot of the factories aren't coming back. But what they would say is that unlike Mitt Romney, John McCain, others before him, Donald Trump is actually speaking to them. He's not telling them lies. He's speaking. He might be lying to them, but he's not trying to say things like, you know, America's best days are ahead, all these sorts of things, which they didn't buy anyway. He's much more in touch with where grassroots conservatives are. And that's why he retains such a strong lead in the polls. Uh, One of the revelations of not just uh, the past year, but the past number of years is the partisan nature of the justice system. I mean, it is extraordinary that when you get a decision like the Colorado one about insurrection disbarring Trump from running, that it broke down 4-3 on party lines. Yeah, you know, cynics and critics would say that the judiciary has always been politicized. Indeed, some people would even say that about the Irish judiciary. I don't think there's a huge amount of evidence for that. But anyway, cynics would always say that. But certainly in recent decades, uh, the American federal judiciary has become just another political branch 
uh, of government. I mean, we have the, the, the reality is uh, litmus tests effectively are imposed upon appointees uh, to the high courts in the United States when in truth uh, it should be on the basis of someone's qualifications and merits, not on their ideological viewpoints. But, um, you know, you can look at courts and look at who appointed them, or even more sadly, uh, in systematically deficient, you know, some of them run for office and they're elected as Republicans or Democrats. So you can look at an issue uh, and pretty much beforehand, you have a pretty good idea of how it's going to turn out. Do you believe that Trump will be the candidate based on everything that's unfolded in 2023, all the law cases, uh, the bigotry he's exposed himself of being part of, the racism? Is it inevitable he'll be the GOP candidate? I would have to say yes. Uh, I still think there's stuff out there that could trap him. I still think there's a chance that he might not be. But if you look that, you know, even in the most recent national polling, and of course, national polling is nowhere near as important uh, as state by state polling. And indeed, we see uh, Nikki Haley, uh, you know, not altogether too far behind Donald Trump uh, in New Hampshire. But in the national polling, indeed, this week, one poll shows him a solid 50 percentage points ahead uh, of the next challenger. Uh, I just don't see how that can be overcome, especially because the Republicans and grassroots conservatives, they know all this stuff. They know all the legal trouble and they're still standing by him. So, yeah, if I had to bet, I'd put my money on Trump. And what about Joe Biden? Is it inevitable uh, that he will be the candidate for the Democrats or are there areas where he might falter? Um, I, I think at this stage, it is inevitable. I mean, one of the most remarkable things about 2023 is is if you said to me in 2022, I would have guessed neither one of these guys would be their mm-hmm. party's nominee. Uh, but Joe Biden effectively boxed everybody out of the process, as did the Democratic establishment. So at this late stage of the game, you're talking about loads of primary filing deadlines have gone by, uh, it, you know, in terms of trying to assemble a presidential candidacy. Uh, I don't see it happening. The only way to be blunt I see it happening as something very tragic happening uh, to the sitting president. But beyond that, uh, or, he, or or perhaps if he decided to step aside, but we see no indication of that whatsoever. So again, I suspect that Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee. Um, Joe Biden himself, uh, people have turned on him a bit in terms of uh, whether he's healthy and fit enough to be president. They, they question whether he's just sharp enough anymore. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say they've turned on a bit. I'd say they've turned on uh, to a great extent. If you look at the polling data, indeed, uh, even among Democrats, uh, it's not great. Most of them wish that he was not going to be the party's nominee. Uh, and indeed, when you see somebody like David Axelrod, who was Barack Obama's chief advisor, pretty much issue an ultimatum to Biden when it was too late, but pretty much issue an ultimatum to him after he saw some of the polling in the key states saying, Joe, you got to look in the mirror and think about this. Um, you know, when you see somebody go public like that, it really bespeaks a decline in confidence in Biden. Now, what impact is is Israel going to have and Gaza on all of this? It's a very interesting question. My gut response, you know, as somebody who's watched the business for a long time, is that the election will be, uh, especially in a context where America isn't directly involved in the conflict, as in boots aren't on the ground, uh, that that won't be a big, a major issue. That it'll be decided on domestic issues, but. Uh, given how close the election is going to be, there is potentially a problem for Biden here. Uh, and that is in terms of some of the movement you've seen, we've seen in the polling uh, that would show not just uh, you know young Americans 
and Arab Americans moving against Biden or they're having their enthusiasm for Biden dampened because of the the strong pro-Israel stance he's taken. But also in the broader population, there seems to be some shifting. And I think that's a byproduct of the horrific images that we're seeing nightly uh, on our television screens of little children dead and wounded and awful, awful stuff that, in their view, outweighs what was a barbarous act by Hamas on October 7th. One of the sideshows, which has a major impact, of course, in American politics was the election of the Speaker. Uh, And what a farce that was. An absolute farce. I mean, if people can remember back to, you know, earlier in in this year, you know, it took about 15 or 16 counts to get, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy elected Speaker. And uh, it really was almost a ticking time bomb from the minute he got elected because he had to give away so many concessions to the fringe uh, of the Congressional Republican Party that uh, he could be effectively be taken out uh, whenever he didn't do their bidding. Uh, and that's what ultimately happened. And there's a bigger issue here in, in American politics. We talk about the pernicious influence of money, but also the pernicious influence of how congressional districts are drawn where people like Matt Gates don't get punished for crippling American democracy, they actually get rewarded because their districts are so far to the right. Now, uh, other aspects of American life, uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you know, what, what used to be, you know, it always had an ugly side to it. There's no question about that. But we, what used to be a really vibrant forum for sharing ideas and news and everything else has devolved into something much worse. Uh, I think there's no doubt whatever algorithms, I'm no expert on this, uh, certainly have given more prominence. We see more of the far right spreading their, you know, again, their their dangerous message uh, all over the world uh, to devastating effect. Uh, So it's sad at one level, but at a a broader level, uh, the impact on American democracy and the spread of misinformation uh, is a profoundly tragic consequence uh, and one that, you know, imperils uh, democracies, not just in the United States, but around the world. Mm. Uh, Do you think threads will take off to the detriment of Twitter? I, I don't know. I mean, Twitter still has, you know, a pretty good strong stranglehold on it. Of course, there'll, there will be a next big thing. What the next big thing is going to yeah. be, I don't know. Uh, Tucker Carlson, you mentioned him already, and he was bumped off the roster. Yeah, I mean, this this has to do with the, the, the lawsuit that Fox News settled with Dominion, and it reveals what was going on behind the scenes at Fox News, uh, where behind the scenes, they were all saying, look, Trump's election fraud and election theft talk is all nonsense. But when their ratings started to tank, all of a sudden uh, they started propagating conspiracy theories on air, even when they knew they they weren't true. And allegedly, one of the prices for the settle uh, of the of the litigation was the dismissal of Carlson. Uh, But Carlson, just to finish my thought from earlier, uh, he really is a mirror image of what's happened to the conservative movement in the United States. He started off as a neocon. You know, which is mm. extraordinary to think where he's pivoted to. Uh, and now, you know, look, he's broadcasting on Twitter, but I still don't think he has anywhere near this, wields anywhere near the same influence as he did when he had a nightly program on Fox News. Mm. Um, we always regarded uh, America as the land of opportunity, the land of the free, uh, the land where democracy uh, was at the heart of everything that they did, whether you were electing the local sheriff or whatever. Uh, that's the way it worked. I mean, democracy in its current form is possibly going to bring about the destruction of America because if the, they vote Trump in, 
who knows what will unfold. Yeah, I mean, the theme that you just mentioned is one that I think is a powerful one. I think it's politically uh, potent. And I think what you're going to see the Biden uh, campaign, and I should say it won't be just Biden himself. He's going to be dependent on surrogates to a great extent uh, because he is incapable of messaging um, that a lot of it is going to be Biden's famous line. Don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. And the specter of a second Trump presidency totally unencumbered by any political considerations whatsoever is something that's really, really dangerous. Uh, And I think people in the United States and indeed people around the world rightly fear that prospect. Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at the University of Galway, columnist with the journal.ie. Larry, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.